Blog. But Obama wants to own the word fair and the phrase middle class. And yet, who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why isn't it proper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of the nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job of producing the things that people need than government can. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba... Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself and the American flag, never give up the freedom my pop far for us to have, never give it back. Same with the gas, you can never take that, never take that. On this Memorial Day, as our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today.
Yes. Um, we have Amir. He is a Muslim, and he is on the call. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up on your family, you know? You're always at that computer. How much money do you make doing that dumbass radio show? You're not the only ones who live there, you know. You better come and eat. I'm not bringing it in there. If you haven't been listening to Socialism is Not an Option, then you're just another lapdog. And here's why. Let's get together this weekend. Hello, I'm Tesla. Anyway, your call in number is 917-388-497. And we have been listening to Annie from uh, Southern Sense, who's um, who's uh, given us some of the benefit of her wit and wisdom. Socialism is not an option in the round table roundup edition, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll be back right after this. Spend your weekends with socialism is not an option. David from Stay Mad Radio. Um, I call in and I wanted to uh, to weigh in on on the the uh, the title of Bag. Man, your your show is right on point, and I, you know it's something I wanted to talk about for a little bit, of, you know, for a while now. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Socialism is not an option. I'm your host, Hessler. You're listening to the American Exceptionalism Edition. And we do have a fantastic show for you today. It's really a good one. It's part two. It's not your daddy's war. Welcome to Socialism is Not an Option, the Hot Topic Edition. I'm your host, Tesla. The entire political process offends me, so... Very, very interesting, folks. Uh, Another call on the line, and it looks like we've got Tony. Tony, is that you? That's me, baby. I'm just looking at your showroom in absolute amazement. Uh, We saw, we were there. I mean, we saw the bullshit that occurred back in the 60s. Man, I feel like I'm going back in in time. Don't you feel that way? Has been co-opted by all the the leftover washout hippies of your generation. That's right. You're absolutely correct. And and their kids are pretty much taken over. You are old. Yes. Spend your weekends with socialism is not an option. WWWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. All right. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Welcome to another fun-filled, informative, and uh, often humorous uh, take on the political world today. You know, uh, today's date is March 21st. Uh, 2012. We're here in beautiful Washington, D.C. today, uh, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I have, since um, our current president has taken up residence in the White House, I have lost a considerable amount of friends, and even some family members have given me up. Uh, And uh, it has everything to do with my political beliefs, my conservative beliefs. It seems as though it's uh, 
not a good thing to be in a black man and a conservative. Somehow those two things don't go hand in hand in the black community. Or if one decides that they uh, want to express their conservative views, they're uh, looked upon as being a sellout, an Oreo, uh, that they don't know their history or they don't know their place in the world. And I've been accused many times of um, not knowing my history and, 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 and somehow not knowing my history is what accounts for me being a Republican. Uh, and so I, I, I thought, well, let's take a look at the history of black conservatives and what being a black conservative is really all about. Because, you know, I am, I am, I am a minority within a minority. I am a black man and I am a Republican slash conservative Some would say, how is this possible? You're supposed to be a Democrat. We're Democrats. Well, let's examine that for a moment. I have a good friend of mine who does a lot of YouTube videos, and he, he pretty much explains it. Why, the, why there's so much black loyalty to the Democrats. And I'd like for you to listen in because I think you might find it to be informative. Take a listen to this. I've been doing this rant thing since, what, 2007? And y'all are still watching? Thank you. I've commented at length on the relationship between blacks, Democrats, and the Republican Party. Videos like Begin Deprogramming, where I examine that often asked question, why is it that the majority of the black community consistently votes Democrat? What's funny is that you kind of have to scratch your head and wonder, why is it that the majority of the black community votes Democrat? But back in the day when the majority of the black community voted Republican, it was pretty clear why. Actually, that's not entirely true. If you were wondering why blacks voted for Republicans, it was because you were wondering if they had a death wish. Am I lying? Man, you ain't got to look that far today to see the hostility that will come your way if you're black and you dare to be a Republican. And just a few decades ago, that hostility came along with lynchings. Now, people have been led to believe that these lynchings were done by a bunch of crazy rednecks running around in white sheets because that's the American way. But y'all, it wasn't the American way. It was the Democrat way. The Ku Klux Klan was the terrorist fraternity founded by the Democrat Party. And their message was simple. Vote or die. And when you vote, you make sure it's for Democrats. Now, who is it that was carrying on that vote or die message? Oh, yeah, Diddy. Now, do you think that whole vote-or-die, rock-the-vote campaign is propaganda for you to vote Republican? No, it's for you to vote Democrat. The Klan wanted white voters to vote Democrat. They didn't want black folks to vote at all. But if black people were going to vote, they wanted them to vote Democrat, too. And you can be sure that the Klan has some choice words for black people who voted Republican. Why don't you learn this stuff in public school? Because the public school system is run by the Democrat Party and the unions. But what the scratch and sniff happened, man? The Democrat Party has been the pro-slavery party, the pro-segregation party, the anti-civil rights party, but the majority of the black community votes Democrat. Now, some will say it's because Martin Luther King gave his endorsement to Democrat John F. Kennedy. This supposedly happened after Robert Kennedy made a few phone calls to get Martin Luther King released from jail. But that same Robert Kennedy that made a few phone calls to get Martin Luther King released from jail is the same Robert Kennedy that gave the okie-dokie to J. Edgar Hoover to tap Martin Luther King's phone. 
They wanted to catch Martin Luther King engaging in dialogue that was favorable to communism. They didn't like Martin Luther King. You know why? Because he was a Republican. And actually, man, as far as I know, he never did endorse John F. Kennedy because Martin Luther King was a church pastor who stood by the principle of not endorsing candidates. Martin Luther King offered his thanks to the Kennedys. I don't think he offered an endorsement. But there's Martin Luther King Sr., who was also a Republican. He knew that the Democrats were not friends of the black community, and that included the Kennedys. Why would Martin Luther King endorse John F. Kennedy? Allow me to speculate. Could it be that Martin Luther King Sr. also got a phone call? A phone call that might have gone something like, uh, look here, you want a safe and speedy release of your son from jail? How about a friendly nod for Kennedy in exchange? Not to mention, while John F. Kennedy was a senator, he opposed the civil rights bill that was being advanced by the Republican president, Eisenhower. Now, like Republicans, Democrats like the Kennedys back then didn't like communism, and Southern Democrats really hated communism. But let's clear this up, though. Hating communism does not make you a capitalist, and it does not make you a conservative. Adolf Hitler hated communism, too, but that didn't make him a capitalist or a conservative. I have to point this stuff out because the Democrats know that they're being exposed, so they've been going around and changing some things. So when you go out and research and Google this stuff, you're going to find that the word Democrat is being replaced by the word conservative, especially when you go research them Southern Democrats or Dixiecrats, as they call them. They're changing the language, y'all. That's how they do. You know, kind of like the term global warming is being replaced by the term climate change. They got their foot ankle deep in their mouth on that one, and they're sore losers about it, man. And sore losers are always trying to change the game. But more and more, people are starting to call Democrats out on this stuff. What you mean global warming, man? It's actually been kind of cool. Well, you see, our earth raping is causing our earth mother to be depressed, and her depression is manifesting as changing climates. No, 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 my green friend. The fact that the Earth has two poles doesn't make her bipolar, per se, like you. Those changes in the climates are called seasons and normal warming and cooling periods. The rest of us know that. Why, why, why don't y'all know that? Anyway, the Democrats were seeing that more and more the rest of the country wasn't really riding on the hateful frequency of the Southern Democrats. Now, I reckon the Democrat Harry Truman knew that. He was also a member of the Ku Klux Klan. He just didn't attend their slumber parties. At least that's what he says. But if Truman wanted to be president, he was going to have to show that he was in tune with the rest of the country. He was going to have to show that he was hip, he was cool, you know, denying civil rights to blacks is for squares, man. So he throws down with things like signing an executive order to end segregation in the military and to end discrimination in federal employment. That made him look a little better to the rest of the country, and it made Democrats look a little better to black people. But to his racist homies in the South, he's like, now don't y'all go thinking I'm expecting you to enforce all this civil rights crap. That's where Eisenhower comes in. He's the one who actually put into action what Truman only put on paper. Eisenhower moved to desegregate schools and the military. And if he had any reservations about desegregating schools, it was because he felt it was an issue that needed to be resolved on state levels. But Eisenhower did see that these people were being jerks and that their laws conflicted with the supreme law of the land. That's why there's that instance of Eisenhower sending in military support to make sure that black kids could go to school. Now, Martin Luther King did ask Eisenhower for more help. He wanted Eisenhower to be more verbal against what was happening in the South. But Eisenhower's like, man, I've been expressing my views on this. And to tell you the truth, I really don't know what good another speech for me is going to do for you. And Eisenhower was right, because the speech that was going to be the super rump shaker wasn't meant to come through Eisenhower. It was meant to come through Martin Luther King. So between Truman and the Kennedys, what civil rights meant was votes. It's like Truman set up the ball and the Kennedys spiked it. 
The Democrat Margaret Sanger already said it. You want to hoodwink them Negroes? You make nice with their ministers. Mm -hmm. And when Robert Kennedy got Martin Luther King released from jail, it made Democrats look good to the black community. So, of course, the black community was really disenfranchised. And when Martin Luther King busted on the scene to be the champion of civil rights, he really had the hearts of the black community with him, as well as a lot of other Americans. And when the people saw that their champion was free from jail by a Democrat, they were so happy that they forgot that it was Democrats who put Martin Luther King in jail in the first place. They forget about Democrats like George Wallace and Democrats like Bull Firehose KKK Connor. There's a pro-segregationist Democrat Ernie Vandiver, the governor of the state that Martin Luther King was jailed in. FDR was instrumental in getting black people to start switching over to Democrat because of entitlements. See, the Democrats have had a system. You got to break the black community down, and every once in a while you got to give them a little something, something, you know, so they stay tolerant of the place that you reduced them to. Now, the Democrats knew at some point the black community was going to rise against them, but that's okay because they had a plan for that, and they still use that plan today. Well, you know all that awful stuff that's been happening to you? <laughs> you know, it was those dang Republicans. <laughs> We've always been with you, brother. There are a lot of people who wrote these eulogies for Senator Byrd in the newspapers, and I read a bunch of them, and they mentioned that he once had a fleeting association with a Ku Klux Klan. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. He was a country boy from the hills and hollows of West Virginia. He was trying to get elected. And maybe he did something he shouldn't have done, and he spent the rest of his life making it up. And that's what a good person does. But how did this disenfranchisement come about? Well, let's keep working our way back, and on the way we'll take a quick look at the presidency of the Democrat Woody Woodrow Wilson. He knew the game. Oh, yeah, I'm all about seeing the advancement of you Negro folk. There he was, out there courting the black vote. Woody with a courting, he did ride, crambone. Oh, yeah, y'all black people could vote back then. It's just that Democrats had this really bad habit of coming into power and taking away the rights of black people. Republicans are the ones who would come in and restore the rights. And the last time that happened was when Lyndon B. Johnson was president, a Democrat. But he got that Civil Rights Act passed with Republican support. Not so much with Democrat support. Anyway, back to Woodrow Wilson. Now, what did Woodrow Wilson do? He did the same thing that the Democrats of today do. He patronized the black community for their votes. And what did he do with their votes? Well, he did things like segregate the military and fire blacks who had federal positions. And to add insult to injury, he hosted the showing of the pro-KKK movie Birth of a Nation in the White House. Now, even though black people typically voted Republican back then, they got suckered into voting Democrat. Now, before Woodrow Wilson, you had the Republican president, Teddy Roosevelt, or he called his party the Bull Moose Party. He was still a Republican, though. Teddy Roosevelt was digging Booker T. Washington, who was also a Republican. Teddy and Booker T. kicking it at the White House. Bullet. Teddy Roosevelt, a Republican, invites blacks in. Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, kicks blacks out. Yet black people today say we love them Democrats. 
Teddy Roosevelt had to work to repair civil rights due to the damage done to it by Southern Democrats. Southern Democrats had become really, really mad about all these cool-level Republicans being in the White House for so long. So the Klanocrats were dispatched to turn up the heat on how people were going to vote. So why the loyalty to the Democrat Party? Well, let's keep working our way on back. So let's look at the South wanting to break away from the Union. You got the Southern Democrat representatives that wanted to break away so they could be the slave-holding Confederate states. Oh, yeah? Well, how come black men were fighting with Confederates in uniform? Uh, because they had to? They had to be in uniform, y'all, because the Confederate military didn't want to mistake them for runaway slaves with guns and shoot them. They needed every man they could get. It's another example of Democrats using black people when it's convenient for them. So those slaves were forced to fight, and those slaves that were fighting against the Union were hoping to get captured by the Union. Don't get me wrong, you have many of them slaves that were led to believe that the Union was the enemy. Kind of like how it is today. You got many in the black community that are led to believe that the Republicans are the enemy. And I'm sure there were just a lot of slaves out there that were eager to shoot at some white people, huh? Oh, I mean, come on. Now, even today, you have these left-wing cynics that would rather be suspicious of Abraham Lincoln because he said this. My paramount objective in this struggle is to save the Union, and is not either to save or destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could do it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would do that also. Mm. But there's what he said, and then there's what he did. Now, I could be all hung up on that and bitter about it, too, but... Then I think about what the Democrat General George B. McClellan said. Our bloody civil war has now lasted years under the mismanagement of Abraham Lincoln. Nearly one million white lives have been sacrificed. So the Democrats of today try to say that Lincoln was indifferent to slavery. But the Democrats of Lincoln's day saw Lincoln as clearly anti-slavery. And they didn't like it. McClellan also charged Lincoln with this. <laughs> Lincoln has declared his intention to convert the Civil War into a war for forcible abolition and Negro equality, social and political. This Democrat was a general during Lincoln's administration, and just like pretty much the rest of the Democrats, he was at odds with Lincoln. McClellan ran against Lincoln because he saw Lincoln as a slavery-abolishing Republican who committed the abominable act of sacrificing white lives for black freedom. So what do you want to believe? That Lincoln didn't really care about blacks because of a few lines that he stated? All those people that were killed in the war? Ah, that was just a political stunt. He really didn't care about freeing slaves. And, and, and forget all that abolitionist-laden Republican platform stuff that Lincoln ran on. Forget all that. And, and, and forget about the fact that he signed the 13th Amendment. Man, he the president. He ain't got no business doing that anyway. Now, you can find accounts of Lincoln suggesting that the white race is the superior race, but hey, I never said Lincoln was perfect. But despite such sentiments, he still saw blacks as people. People deserving of the same rights as everybody else outlined in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. But unfortunately, a lot of people would rather assume the worst about Lincoln and side with Democrats. Why? Well, let's keep going on back. Let's examine the paradox of Thomas Jefferson, a Democratic Republican. The Republican side of him knew that we enjoy a constitutional republic. Hmm? His philosophy on the rights of men and the role of government was brilliant and revered by many people today. That's the Republican side of them. But the Democrat side of them is the side that said, but these rights are good for me, not you, namely you black folks. Matter of fact, let's get to cracking with that fugitive slave law and snatch up a few of those Negroes and put them into slavery. Invasion of the Negro Snatchers. And that's just another example, but people in the black community still side with Democrats. Why? 
Could it be because the Republican Party stands closest to the Constitution? You know, that document that has that three-fifths clause in it, that clause that supposedly reduces black people to three-fifths of a human being. Many of y'all learned that in our liberal indoctrination system. You know, public school. And this is a prime example of how race-baiting liberals are masters at suckering the black community to keep voting for Democrats. To make the far-reaching accusation that the Constitution refers to black people as three-fifths of a human being and to get people to believe it is like... Amazing. Hey, let's take a look at how Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution reads. Representative and direct taxes shall be appointed among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons including those bound to Man, service. where do y'all get that black people are three-fifths of a human being out of that? First of all, those who are bound in servitude are still referred to as persons. Two, blacks aren't even mentioned. The only ethnic group mentioned are the Indians. The Indians not tax three-fifths of all other persons. This clause is reflected in Article 11 in the Articles of Confederation. Now, it is true that the proponents of slavery wanted to be able to count their slaves to be able to gain more representation. And the kind of representation that they wanted was the kind of representation that would keep slavery legal. That's sick, man. Using slaves to gain more slave-supporting representation. Ain't even right. anti-slavery founders laid down a three-fifths clause to protect the slaves. See, the pro-slavery founders considered slaves property, not people. But they considered them people when it came time to get more representation. And the anti-slavery founders are like, man, you can't be selective about when they're people. So, yeah, there were founding fathers that thought that slavery was okay and that blacks were less than human. Those would be your patriarchs of the Democrat Party. And those who opposed slavery were the patriarchs of the Republican Party. So I got to tell y'all, I really don't see what the three-fifths clause in the Constitution has to do with slaves or persons' work. But to me, it's making a clear distinction of how Indians will be excluded from being counted. Meaning if they wanted to count an Indian in their state, that Indian had to be taxed at least three-fifths of what everybody else was paying. There had to be some sort of criteria put on the Indians so the pro-slavery folks wouldn't try to count all of them. Anyway, that's my take on it. You can get mad all you want. Now look, y'all. We know that white people have done rotten things to black folks. And not only that, they made it legal to do rotten things to black folks. But check this out. They were Democrats. So how is it today that the majority of the black community are still loyal Democrat voters? Because for the last 50 plus years, the Democrats have had control over the entertainment industry, the media, and the educational system. They run the mediums of social engineering. They're really good at poisoning the water, framing somebody else for doing it, and then showing up pretending to be the doctor who can cure what ails you. But, of course, there's a lot of stuff to research out there, y'all. These are just the conclusions that I come to when I put my little two and twos together. But you know why I believe what I believe and why I'm a conservative Republican and stuff? Because what I believe doesn't make me angry. I'm a Republican because I dig this republic that protects my freedom to worship God, and I want to keep it that way. Democrats tend to believe what makes them angry, as if negativity is the affirmation of reality. And a big part of why they are Democrats is because they hate Republicans. I can hear the Democrats now. You know, you're not telling the whole story. No, it's y'all who haven't been telling the whole story. Matter of fact, y'all have been telling a story with holes. We've been hearing y'all's side. Now we're telling our side. 
Why are gas prices going higher and higher? Ask George Bush's best friend, Big Oil. <laughs> Big Oil kept U.S. oil reserves in Anwar off limits by paying off the caribou lobby. Big Oil. And who conspired to keep new refineries from being built in the U.S.? Big Oil. Big Oil. And why is Ted Kennedy opposing windmills in Nantucket Sound? Big Oil. And who, in 1979, along with the Cardigan Sweater Cartel, made sure that Iran would always be run by unstable lunatics? Big Oil. Big Oil did all this to make unbelievable profits of nine cents per gallon. So get angry at George Bush and Big Oil and ignore anything the Democrats have ever done to get us in this mess. Paid for by George Soros and other futures trading friends of Hillary Rodham Clinton. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. That was a good friend of mine who does a lot of great YouTube videos that are very informative, funny, and once again, informative. Uh, He broke it down. He broke it down better than I could ever do. And uh, as a lot of folks have said to him, both in person and on YouTube, sadly, your message will fall on deaf ears. There are folks out there who are going to believe in the Democrat Party, not so much because they're right, which they're not, but because they're offering something. They're giving you something. They're saying, support me. Vote for me. Give me power. And in return, I'll give you things. I'll take some freedoms away, of course. I'll regulate an awful lot. But it's for your own good. I'll take half of your money, but I'll give you half of somebody else's. I'll raise your gas prices so that they necessarily skyrocket along with your electricity and every other utility you pay, but it's for your own good. You see, you're only going to be here on this planet an average of 72 years. Maybe 78 if you're a female, a woman. But if you're a man, somewhere on the average of 70-some-odd years. and uh, But the planet is going to be here for a long time. We want the planet to survive. So we're going to take from you in order to save the planet. You see, Democrats want you to vote for them, to legitimize them, give them power and dominion over you. To make them your nanny. Indeed, in some cases, your your God. Now, a man that I have admired since childhood, whom I've never met, but I heard an awful lot about, read an awful lot about, Frederick Douglass was a conservative. He was a Republican. And Frederick said on many occasions... I don't want you to do anything for me. I don't want you to do anything for black folks. Just leave us alone. We'll get it ourselves. We don't want you to get it for us. We don't want you to give us anything. We'll get it ourselves. Just 
Leave us alone. You don't believe it? Well, here he is. I ask my friends who are apologizing for not insisting upon this right. Where can the black man look in this country for the assertion of his right if he may not look to the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society? Where, under the whole heavens, can he look for sympathy in asserting this right if he may not look to this platform? Have you lifted us up to a certain height to see that we are men and then are any disposed to leave us there without seeing that we are put in possession of all our rights? We look naturally to this platform for the assertion of all our rights, and for this one especially. I understand the anti-slavery societies of this country to be based on two principles. First, the freedom of the blacks of this country. And second, the elevation of them. Let me not be misunderstood here. I am not asking for sympathy at the hands of abolitionists, sympathy at the hands of any. I think the American people are disposed often to be generous rather than just. I look over this country at the present time and I see educational societies, sanitary commissions, Freedmen's associations and the like, all very good. But in regard to the people of color in this land, there has always been more that is benevolent, I perceive, than just manifested toward us. What I ask for the black man is not benevolence, not pity, not sympathy, but simply justice. The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. Everybody has asked the question and learned to ask it early of the abolitionists. What shall we do with the black man? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apple will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, then let them fall. I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, then let them fall. If the black man cannot stand on his own legs, and let him fall also. All I ask is, give him a chance to stand on his own legs. Let him alone. If you see him on his way to school, let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, then let him go. If you see him going to the ballot box, then let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a workshop, just let him alone. Your interference is doing him a positive injury. Let him fall if he cannot stand alone. 
black man cannot live by the line of eternal justice, the fault will not be yours. It will be his who made the black man and established that line for his government. Let him live or die by that. If you will only untie his hands and give him a chance, I think he will live. He will work as readily for himself as the white man. Now a great many delusions have been swept away by this war. One was that the black man would not work. He has proved his ability to work. Another was that the black man would not fight, that he possessed only the most cheapest attributes of humanity, was a perfect lamb or an Uncle Tom, disposed to take off his coat whenever required, hold his hands and be whipped by anybody who wanted to whip him. But this war, this war has proved that there is a great deal of human nature in that black man. And that yes, he will fight. Written by Frederick Douglass. Read by Michael Wright. Does that say it all, folks? Does it? What's the theme here? If we fall, let us fall. If we live, let us live. Leave us alone. What Frederick Douglass was saying is that we don't need you to take care of us. We don't need you to look out for us. We don't need you to stand up for us. We don't need your handouts, Democrat Party. We want to be left alone to succeed or fail on our own. So when our current president, who professes to be a black man, says that the Republican Party wants people like you and me to fend for ourselves his exact words. Well, that's right, Mr. President. Frederick Douglass, who lived in the most trying times of black history, said, yes, leave us alone. Give us the chance to succeed, but that doesn't mean give us things or to control us or tell us how to live our lives, what to eat, where to pray, what sort of contraceptives we should use. It doesn't mean to pity us. It doesn't mean to help us. What Frederick Douglass was saying was not that we need your help. Let us succeed and fail on our own. Leave us alone. Now, a famous man once said that there are those who want to lead and those who want to be led. 
And then there are those who want to be left alone. Now, you heard it from Michael Wright, a great actor, a great orator, who spoke the words of a great black man who lived in the most trying times of American history and a great writer and orator, a former slave who said, let us succeed and let us fail on our own. Where are men? Are there any men like this left? Be he black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. We we don't have men like this anymore. Certainly not black men who say, leave us alone. You promised us 40 acres and a mule. But so what? We don't I don't need that. Leave me alone. Let me go and do my own thing. Let me live as I want to live. That's all I ask. Well, you heard the words. We'll take a short break and then we'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. Mr. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. Ten percent no one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book, sit on your butt, and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we weren't waiting for. Do you know how much is too much? Hit me again. Do you know when to say when? Uh, Pelosi's coming over. Uh, make it a double. Studies show that those who overindulge exhibit signs of arrogance. I don't count my drinks because I'm the president. Overconfidence. This is the day we stop the seas from rising. Or was it yesterday? The inability to think clearly on one's own. Where, where's my teleprompter? I, I gotta talk to those kindergarten kids. You think you're funny, but no one else does. Let's give the Dalai Lama a, a set of cufflinks and send him out the back door. Uh, uh, Mr. President, let, let's, let's don't do that. I... And a profound inability to listen to others. Lama's funny. You don't know funny. If a friend, relative, or leader of the free world exhibits any of these warning signs, don't let them drive, operate heavy machinery, or sign any important documents. Where, where, where's that health care bill? And consider moderating their alcohol intake it before it's too late. Why are gas prices going higher and higher? Ask George Bush's best friend. 
Big oil. Big oil kept U.S. oil reserves in Anwar off limits by paying off the caribou lobby. Big oil. And who conspired to keep new refineries from being built in the U.S.? Big oil. Big oil. And why is Ted Kennedy opposing windmills in Nantucket Sound? Big oil. And who, in 1979, along with the Cardigan Sweater Cartel, made sure that Iran would always be run by unstable lunatics? Big oil. Big oil did all this to make unbelievable profits of nine cents per gallon. So get angry at George Bush and big oil and ignore anything the Democrats have ever done to get us in this mess. Paid for by George Soros and other futures trading friends of Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, a message from the most merciful, mighty Messiah, Barack Obama. Now that all of America has seen the righteousness of my health care plan on ABC... You are all aware of my gift, allowing you to pick your doctor under my plan. In my benevolence, I may also allow you to choose the job of your choice, the time of day you eat, what you are allowed to do with a small portion from the profits of your labor. All of these I may allow if you remember to serve me only and have no other politicians before me. If you remember the 15th of April and keep it holy. And if you refrain from laughing when I stumble yet again at the teleprompter. If you obey these commands, then I shall bless you, and you shall stand in the line of the appropriate agency for my sake forever. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Let's take one more look at... uh, proud Republican history, or should we go with racism in the Democrat Party? I think we should go with racism in the Democrat Party, since the occasion has come that I have lost yet another black friend whom I've known since childhood because I host a blog talk radio show And it's conservative, and I have harsh words for Barack Hussein Obama. I'm told that I need to respect the president and the presidency. That I may not like the man, but I need to respect the office. This came from a person who, just three short years ago, labeled George Bush dumb not very bright, stupid, couldn't speak, an idiot, the Antichrist, and so on. So we had words. And so I decided that we're going we're gonna to host a show dedicated to people like these individuals who have fallen by the wayside because I do not support a black president. And in fact, the ultimate sin I committed is to be a black Republican. In the summer of 1868, Tunis Campbell entered the Georgia State Legislature in Atlanta. With him came 31. 
one other black member of the Republican Party. The work of remaking the Southern states had begun. Suddenly, you get hundreds of men elected to every office from member of Congress, the Senate, House of Representatives, member of state legislature, state positions, down to sheriff, justice of the peace, school board official, you name it. For Democrats who had bitterly resisted the Republican Reconstruction Plan, the very idea of blacks in political office was an aberration. The Negro is unfit to rule the state, the Atlanta Constitution declared. The Democratic Party will protect him in every civil right. It is unwilling, however, to make him congressman, governor, and judge. It will not consent to degrade its own race by elevating an inferior above it. In the Georgia legislature, blacks were outnumbered four to one. As soon as Tunis Campbell took his seat, he came under attack from whites on both sides of the aisle. What you have here is a very volatile moment in which alliances politically are shifting very rapidly, and from one day to the next, you don't know really what's going to happen. The few white Republicans who did support black legislators were branded as traitors to their race. Blacks should quit dabbling in politics, argued one newspaper, and go to work to earn an honest subsistence. Most whites in the legislature maintained that the new Georgia Constitution only gave blacks the right to vote, not the right to hold office. The Georgia Constitution did not specifically um, allow office holding by black Americans. Of course, it didn't specifically authorize office holding by white Americans either. One legislator, Henry McNeil Turner, expressed the outrage of his black colleagues. He was entitled to his seat, he said, and would not cringe or beg for it. Tunis Campbell also refused to be intimidated. On behalf of nearly 500,000 loyal citizens of this state, we do enter our solemn protest against the illegal, unconstitutional, and oppressive action of this body. White legislators made it clear that Campbell was not welcome in the chamber. Many of them put their hands on the butts of the pistols with the guns they wore into the chamber. They shuffled their feet. They banged on the desk. They, they uh, uh, talked about the Congo senator's insolent harangue. Just two months after it had first convened, the Georgia legislature voted to expel its black members. You may drive us out, Turner warned, but you will light a torch never to be put out. Washington to ask the federal government to intercede in Georgia. The capital 
was in the midst of the first presidential election since the Civil War. The campaign of 1868 came down to a battle over Reconstruction. The Democrats nominated Horatio Seymour and Frank Blair. Their views were shared by many in populous northern states like New York and New Jersey. The Democratic Party ran arguably the most openly white supremacist election campaign in American history. They painted the Republicans as, quote, nigger lovers. The Democrats absolutely repudiate Reconstruction. They basically say, if we get in, forget about Reconstruction, we're going to repeal all this and put the South back under the control of, of white leaders. Though the views of the Democrats had wide support, many voters gravitated to the Republican candidate, Ulysses S. Grant. They found comfort in the Union general who had won the war. Grant's slogan was, let us have peace. The general understood that the Northern Heart cared deeply about reuniting North and South. He promised to support Reconstruction, but wrap it up quickly. There was a kind of new politics of reconciliation, a need to bring South and North together because it would be good for the economy, it would be good for the federal government, it would be good for expansion and growth. The North was booming. represented a chance to solve the southern problem. They could then turn their attention to the future. In the south, blacks saw him differently. Almost half a million turned out to vote for Grant because they believed that at last they would have an ally in the White House. president seemed to prove them right. Grant and Congress ordered the Georgia governor to readmit the expelled legislators. Kenneth Campbell and his 31 black colleagues took back their seats. John Roy Lynch moved more cautiously. Lynch had been a house slave in Natchez, Mississippi. After the war, he had learned to read, taught himself photography, and worked his way up in the business. I think he only had about four months of formal schooling, but he's a very bright young man and a fast learner. He listened and he was also in the photography business, so he heard uh, a lot of people who could afford to have their pictures taken. Lynch's customers talked politics, and he soaked it up, even teaching himself parliamentary law. By 1870, he was a newly elected state legislator walking up the steps of the Mississippi Capitol. He was 22 years old. John R. Lynch is one of those guys who is created by the Reconstruction situation. Opportunities open to him which, could have been in, which would have been inconceivable before this moment. This legislature 
had some very important work before it. The entire government had to be reconstructed so as to place it in perfect harmony with the new order of things. Black legislators, they're not asking for really radical changes. They're asking for deeply American things. Equality in the courthouse, the right to be on juries, the right to testify on your own behalf. A lot of what these black lawmakers and white Republicans are trying to do, you might almost say, is bring the South into the 19th century. Public school systems, for example. South didn't have that. Large numbers of Southern whites were illiterate. Reconstruction establishes the first public school systems in the South. Within a year, Mississippi opened 230 new schools for blacks and 252 for whites. There were plans for new hospitals, railroads. But who would pay the bill? Before the Civil War, slave owners had paid most of the taxes. Now, the burden shifted to anyone who owned land, small farmers, as well as rich planters. White Southern landowners said, if you think for a minute that I'm going to give up my hard-earned money to build up the government to take care of colored people, you're crazy. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. That pretty much says it all. Now, let's take a look at some prominent black Republicans. Herman Cain, Cowboy Troy, Condoleezza Rice, Alan Keyes, Clarence Thomas. We know those folks, right? But what about 50 Cent? What about uh, Denzel Washington, Republican? Armstrong Williams, Republican. Yeah, Don King, Republican. Eric Rush, Republican. J.C. Watts, Republican. James Meredith, remember him? Republican. Prominent black Republicans all. Did you know that Denzel was a Republican? Is a Republican? Joseph C. Phillips, remember him? From the Cosby Show? Republican. Carl Malone, basketball superstar. Republican. Yeah, Lynn Swan, Republican. Lee Walker, Republican. Yeah. Prominent Republicans. Roy Ennis, Republican. Nigel Ennis, Republican. Michael Powell, Republican. You know? Pastor T.D. Uh, T. Jakes, Republican. We have Republicans who are prominent blacks who a lot of you folks really like. You watch Denzel's movies, but did you know that he's a Republican? Well, that's the measure of a man. You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Cool Mike's taking over for me for the next couple of weeks. Please tune in and support him while I'm away. God bless you. One day God bless the United States of America. I'm out. Broken down, he's lost everything.
No cars, no fancy clothes to make him who he's not. The woman at his side is all that he has got. Why do you ask him? Would he run through fire? Would he stand for you? 